Okay, just a little lighthearted encouragement this Christmas season. Uh, right now, I'm going to uh, welcome Swen Stephens, uh, Swen who leads our Sunningdale congregation uh, just down the road, is someone that I've known since at least he was about 20. I, I officiated, officiated over his and Laura's wedding when they were 21. Um, they looked young, but I looked even younger. Like, he, lo he loves to show me photos of how young I used to look. Um, but I think I say this every time Swen comes and every time I happen to be there. Swen is one of the men, and I say this sincerely, that I respect more than anybody else. Swen is an honorable man. Swen is a man of character. I trust Swen. If Swen were to raise a concern with me, I'd stop and pay attention. Um, I cannot encourage you enough to lean in and to pay attention. Uh, Swen and Lara, by the way, happen to have a son, Samuel, who is seven. They'll be with us in the second service. Um, so he might share a little bit more about that. But can I get you to stand to your feet and welcome Swen up onto the stage, please. That's so awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, well, oh, are you, okay, no, it's cool. You guys sit here before, before you get, no, sorry. We'll just leave that awkward in the air. <laughs> Joking. Well, hello and welcome uh, to church. I wanted to let you guys know that um, if you give 50 rand a month to Zambia, you too can be like me. I've been giving 50 rand to Zambia since I was 18 years old, so that's been like the last three years or so. Um, but you know what the thing about a debit order is? that once you set a debit order, it's so inconvenient to change it, you just like, I'm just going to keep giving. And so, come on, you can set up a debit order this week and uh, support all the work that's going on there. Uh, but I'm so glad and grateful and honored to be with you today. Um, my wife is going to be here in the second service, so I can say whatever I want now while the time allows me. And uh, no one will know. <laughs> but um, it's good. And also just welcome to the guys that are watching at, at home, at Church Online. Uh, welcome. Uh, please drop in the comment section. Let the team know how you, what you're planning for Christmas. I hope you're coming to Christmas, but I uh, hope you enjoy the service today as well. And you guys have an amazing church. I just want to let you know that you have an incredible church. If I didn't go to my church, I would come to this church. That is for sure. I must be honest, I walked in after going to the loo and I walked in, I'm like, wow, this place looks so good. All the lights, all the people, all the worship. I'm like, this is, can I just come here? Ivan doesn't mind. He's like, uh, well, that's good. Um, and uh, so I've been leading our church for the last couple of years and been through quite a journey. And I know that you guys are in a series right now called Hope, The Thrill of Hope, right? Is that right? Or are we, okay. Okay, otherwise this message is gonna just go anyway. <laughs> Lord, can we download a fresh message? Um, but let's just pray and then I'll climb into the message because we don't have all that much time. Father, we thank you that we can gather together in your, in your house today. Lord, just for a moment, I just want to say thank you that we can even be in church. Thank you that we can be the church. Thank you that we can never replace you. And Lord, I thank you that it's moments like these where we can stop and remember you, remember all that you've done for us. So Lord, I pray that through this message today and the service today, we wouldn't just leave smarter, but we would leave changed. I ask you that you would speak into our hearts, each and every one of us today. Lord, we ask by the Holy Spirit, you would move today. We ask that you would watch over your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this message, Thrill of Hope, I think it's an incredible message series that you guys are going through, especially as you're walking closer towards Christmas. And the beautiful thing about the thrill of hope is that it's not like hopes and dreams. You know where we have hopes and dreams where one day when I'm big, I'm gonna be a fireman or I'm gonna be a policeman. Like we all have those hopes and dreams. But the thrill of Christian hope is that it's 
based and the foundation are is the promises of God's word. And the amazing thing about God's word is that God always watches over his word to make sure that his word will go into completion. I love it how um, in the accounts of Jesus, baby Jesus is, is says that no word from the Lord will ever fail. And that's why we have hope because we have hope in God's word and the promises of his word. And so we have a thrilling hope, not just a one day I hope, but I am confident in the future. I have a great hope for the future. Christian hope is exciting because we know that Jesus is coming again soon so that all who believe would come into everlasting life, that we will have life in the eternal city. I was driving over here and I was listening to one of my favorite songs and I'm like, you know what, I really love the world. I love living in Cape Town, driving, no wind today yet, amen. Who knows, it could change by the time we leave today. But uh, then we've got the beautiful mountains, you've got the people, it's all amazing. But you know what, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to something that's beyond the horizon. The shine beyond the horizon that outshines the world we live in today. And that is our everlasting hope in Jesus. That when we pass on from this life, we will go to a place where there is no more, no more shame, no more hurting, no more pain, no more suffering. The fullness of joy. We look forward to the presence of God. The, the Christian hope is that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us to transform our lives. You know, it's amazing that in, in, in Christ, you can go from a drug addict to be a minister to drug addicts. You can be a prisoner and then be a minister to prisoners. Where does that happen outside of the transformational life of Jesus? It doesn't happen. He turns bad things to good things. Hope is powerful. And I love this quote by uh, Reneiro Canta La Mesa. I think he's a Catholic priest when he's talking about the three great uh, theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. He says, they're like three sisters. Two of them are grown and the other is a small child. They go forward together, hand in hand, with a child of hope in the middle. Look at them. It would seem that the bigger ones are pulling the child, but it is the other way around. It is the little girl who is pulling the two bigger ones. It is hope that pulls faith and love. Without hope, everything would stop. And so my message to you today is to keep hope alive. Faith hopes. Revive faith today. That's what I'm hoping I will be able to encourage you with, is to revive your hope today. Because it is your hope that expands your faith. It is your hope in that Jesus is coming again that expands the, your capacity to love. But there is a relationship between the three, and there's a relationship between hope and faith that I hope to share with you today. But if you take nothing out, out of the message, I'm gonna give you the line right in the beginning so that if you need to snooze after this or go on Instagram, that's cool. This is it. It is faith that accesses the reality of our hope. It is faith that accesses the reality of your hope. How did you get saved? Through faith, not through hope. You go to heaven by faith. Heaven is our hope, but we access it by faith. And so I wanna share that with you today from Luke chapter five, verse one to 11. Um, forgive me, I don't know actually how long we'll get through into this message, but we'll, we'll do our best. Luke chapter five, verse one. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is also the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats 
and he left there, uh, left there by fishermen who were washing the nets. He got into one of the boats, and one belonging to Simon, who also was Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. I just love the way Simon asks, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Just to pause there for a moment to give you a little bit of context of the situation that we find ourselves in is that Peter and his friends, their shipping company, notice that they've been, they have a shipping company. Jesus has a carpentry business and is now starting a teaching ministry, okay? But now as faithful fishermen, they were fishing all night long because every fisherman knows that you catch fish at night. When the sun comes out, the fish go high, they go to sleep. And so, but they caught nothing all night. I don't know what circumstance they were in. I don't know if they needed a catch to pay the bills the next day. I don't know if they were subsistence fishermen. I don't know whether they had a great catch the week before and they just thought they'd try their luck. I don't know the circumstance, but what I do know is that their hope was to catch fish that night. But they returned empty, but they were faithful. They were found on the shore mending their nets so that the next time they go fishing, they could have a great opportunity to catch. Because you don't catch fish with, empty, with holes in your nets. So they were still faithful in doing what they were supposed to do, but their hope wasn't rewarded. They hoped that fishing all night, they would catch something. Now a teacher comes, the carpenter comes and says, listen, it's the middle of the day. I have finished my sermon. Go a little bit further out. I know you're tired, but Quite frankly, I don't care because I just got into your boat anyway. But just push out a little bit further. And, and Simon Peter's like, what? What? You know, 2020 started off with a, a year of great hope. How many of you put your hope in 2021? Because the coronavirus is going to leave on the 31st of December this year. <laughs> 2021 is going to be a whole different year, everybody. We had the great hope of 2020, a year of perfect vision. 2020, this year is going to be like any, unlike any other year. And you were right, just not the way you thought. We put our great hope that this is going to be the year that my business takes off. This is going to be the year my marriage gets restored. This is going to be the year I'm going to step into ministry. This is the year I'm going to meet that special someone. This is going to be the breakout year for me. Oh, lockdown. Business rescue, marriage on the rocks, kids gone AWOL, lost someone to, through sickness, terrified by fear. Oh man, but I've been fishing all night. But go out a little bit deeper, Jesus says. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and his, all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. They had been fishing their whole life and never caught a catch like this. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. 
from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore and burnt their houses. There are two, maybe three principles I want to share with you in the time that we have left. Number one is to practice proximity. Practice proximity. You see, where Peter was when Jesus found him wasn't in the boat. Where Peter was when Jesus found him was mending his nets over there with his fishermen buddies. And Jesus just climbed into Simon's boat. He didn't ask for permission. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes Jesus just wants to step into your life. And then he says to Simon, listen, just push me out a little bit further. So Simon could have pushed him out, but he got into the boat with Jesus. Maybe that's just the responsible, kind, and hospitable thing to do. I don't know. I don't know why he was in the boat with Jesus, but what I do know is that Simon Peter was in the boat with Jesus while Jesus was teaching the Sermon on the Mount. And the amazing thing is that Simon now had a front row seat to everything that Jesus said. Where does faith come from? The Bible teaches us that faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. Peter had a front row seat to the word of the Lord. I don't know if he was half listening. I don't know if he still had his nets with him. I don't know if if he was on Twitter or Instagram while Jesus was teaching, but what I do know is that he was close enough to Jesus to hear the word of the Lord. Maybe out of this year to grow your hope, it's just to say, I'm gonna commit to getting closer to Jesus. I'm gonna build my intimacy with Jesus. I'm gonna stay close to him. Wherever he goes, I go. Whatever he wants, I want. Because the beautiful thing that happens in intimacy is you build trust. So when the word of the Lord comes, you go, I'm uncertain about the future, but I trust the person, so let's go. Because you say so. Jesus, I've been fishing all night. We caught nothing. It's, it's hopeless. It's the middle of the day. But because you say so, I will go deeper. We must practice proximity so that we can hear the whispers of heaven. I have not found that the Lord ever shouts to get my attention. I've often asked God, God, please put a sign somewhere. And we're so blind because it's not the sign we're looking for. So we look for other signs. Instead of just getting quiet enough and close enough in prayer and just go, God, whatever you want, I'm okay with, but I want you. I just want you, Jesus. Honestly, if my life has got nothing else except intimacy with Jesus, I feel like I've won. Because the most significant thing about my life is not my ministry, it's not my family, it's my savior. It's my relationship with Jesus. I'm a child of heaven because he said so. What he did counts more than anything I can do in this life. Proximity is most important. But when you're close, you hear the word of the Lord. The second thing that I'd like you to take away is to believe God. Like Peter trusted Jesus. There is, it's the difference between believing in God and believing God. Because there is a huge difference. Because you can believe in God, you can even love God, but have no faith. You can be in love with Him love the idea of him, acknowledge him. You can even pray to him. You can even spend Christmas together. But when he says, listen, I want you to step out and give. I want you to step out and serve. I want you to step out and do something. I want you to trust me with your marriage. I want you to trust me with your business. You go, it's too much. There's a difference between believing in him and believing him. Peter believed him before he believed in him. 
Only after the event does he go, wow, I'm a sinful man. So he was able to believe God before he believed in God. And it's so important for us to understand because when we hear the word of the Lord and faith grows in our heart, the word of the Lord comes to us in a way that is different to our natural mind. Peter's a fisherman. I wonder, this is, this is legit, like, I, I, when I read the scriptures, I, I have to color in a little bit. I don't know if anyone's like me, but so this might not be the theologically accurate. You can send an email to Jason Render at View Church and CC Susan Render at View Church. But this is, this is what, what I imagine. Peter's like, he's in the boat, right? And he's, and he's now, okay, cool, we're going, we're going deeper. Can't believe it. You know that he's been a carpenter? He's a carpenter. He's a teacher. What the stuff am I doing here? Sorry, bad language. He's a fisherman, remember. What am I doing here? I've got to go home and see my family. I've been working all night. What does he know anyway? Listen, next time I need a table or my boat fixed, I'll call you. I wonder if that's what's going through his mind. Because you don't catch fish in the middle of the day. But he believed God outside of his natural understanding and submitted his life to a higher principle that the word of the Lord has final authority over my life. And if I believe in him and I believe him, then surely what he says must come to pass. If his word is faithful and he is faithful to complete what he started, then surely his word will not fail. So we must believe God. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, we live by faith, not by sight. I wanna see the catch. No, believe the catch. No, I wanna see it. No, believe it and you will see it. Faith works. You gotta understand faith works. It didn't just so happen that the fish all jumped into the boat and sank the boat. If you just put out five meters more, Peter, all the fishies in the little sea here will jump into your boat. We want that. We want that. We want to get close enough to Jesus. We want to take just enough of a step of faith for the fishies to jump into our boat, for the miracle to come into our life, for us to get what we hope for. But you know, you actually have to cast out a net. You actually need to take a step. You actually need to send your CV out. You actually need to go on a date. Is that for you online? You, you need to put some deodorants on, look on Pinterest what to wear. You need to take a step. Even go on a dating, online dating sites. I'm, you need to take a step of faith. God, I've got a great call for my life. Yeah, but I'm not ready to serve. No, you've got to take a step. You've got to cast the net out of the boat. Faith works. You know, um, in this last year, we, we rent, started renting our, our very own building. I say it like that because we just own it anyway. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> but we've been renting in a school for uh, an eternity. And it was an amazing environment. And you've got to understand, for five years, I've been looking for land. I've been looking for buildings. We li- we, we, our ministry is in such a new area that you can't get, like, old buildings that you can just buy. You, all the buildings are still being built. And so land prices are high, building prices are high. There are buildings like near other churches. I'm like, maybe we shouldn't do that. But, but I just actually began to go, God, look, I, there's nothing else I can do. We were promised that we could apply for a piece of land, but they took it away. They rezoned it. Now it's for commercial. I'm like, well, thank you, Jesus. And then just so happens that we got an opportunity to go into a commercial building. 
and we're renting there. And you've got to understand, the rental is almost five times higher than what we were paying. Our income wasn't five times higher than what we were paying. And I was freaked. Naturally, it does not make sense. But I have a great hope. I say this to myself more often than, than I care to admit. But I believe that Jesus will build his church and the gates of hell will not and cannot prevail against it. So I'm going to believe God. So what we did is we, we prayed, we fasted, and we got close to the Lord and we spoke to other people and we felt like, okay, yes, go for it. And I'm like, and you know when you're like, yeah, we're going to go for it. And then the next day you go, what the stuff am I doing? And, but we signed anyway. And that, once you signed, you committed. That net is out there. And then you go, oh God, what if, what if people don't tithe? What, God, like I'm committed for two years. I've, I've signed my house onto this. I should have told my wife. <laughs> I'm sure I told her, you know, I'm reliable that way. But you know what? It's been so joyful to see that it, wasn't, it was against my natural mind, my natural thinking. The advice wasn't to go for it. But the word of the Lord was there. And we had to take a step of faith. It's the difference between believing in God and believing God. Your faith is proved real when you can't turn back. That's where it is. But when that happens, your hope begins to rise. Because this whole year I go, God, you've provided. That's amazing. God, he's just embarrassed us at his level of provision. We've been wise with our income. So don't, like, I'm not like, Go gamble your money away. We've been wise. We've been diligent. But we've seen miracles. We've seen catches. And who, I think God is opening up a door for us for another building, but that's for another time. But the third thing is that hope is realized. When you realize your hope is when you stepped out in faith. I love it that in our story, we get to look back and say, look at what God's done. What could he do next year? What could he do again? Because the reality is, if we were still in that school building, we wouldn't have in-person gatherings today. But right now, we've got people in our church. Because schools are close to services, most of them. And so we took a step of faith back then. It's proved fruitful and faithful now, and God has provided. It's amazing what God is able to do when you step out in faith. Peter and them, they go, wow, look at this catch. You're God. And all of their hope, remember, they were fishing all night last night. In their natural way, in their normal way, they caught nothing. But today, they met Jesus, and Jesus changed the game. I love this quote from Nicky Gumbel. He says, many people only see a hopeless end. Thank you, 2020. But with Jesus, you can enjoy an endless hope. With Jesus, you can enjoy an endless hope. We see dead ends everywhere we look. And if we allow the world to cripple us with fear and reduce our faith, what are we going to see? All the hope that's ending everywhere, the joy, the stories that are ending. But when we see Jesus and his word, we have an endless hope. I've got just a moment left, and I want to, everyone's been staring at this board like, when's he going to draw something? So uh, this is a very crude drawing, but to, ex to teach you what I'm talking about, the top line is hope, and the bottom line I should actually say despair, but I'm going to say unbelief. Slash despair. Because you've got to understand that it's all nice and well. We say, yeah, Swain, just believe. Yeah, Swain, just have hope. 
But there's two enemies to your hope that I want to teach you about today. And the relationship, this little line that somehow goes like this, this line is faith. There is a relationship between our hope and our faith. You see, what hope does, it gives us something to believe for. And so our faith has to rise to match our hope because you cannot access your hope without faith. You cannot get to the catch without faith. You cannot get to what God is, you cannot get to heaven without faith. So faith grows to meet your hope. But the two enemies of hope are despair and unbelief. Because what will happen is, in this zone, it's all dis disappointment. That's where disappointment lives. I have a great hope that I'm gonna meet someone. I have a great hope that God's gonna provide for me. I've got a great hope that Jesus is gonna heal me. But you stepped out, you fished all night and you got disappointed. And what happens is if you let it, disappointment will kill off hope in your life. Where you go, I thought God would and I stepped out and he didn't. I don't know if he can do it again. Uh, it's too much. Imagine Peter went to Jesus and said, Jesus, listen, we did this last night, it didn't work. It was, I'm just tired, can I go home? I'm tired of believing. I'm tired. <laughs> could, we just, could, could we just get to heaven? And you actually stop having big hope and big faith. You love God. You're just tired of being disappointed. But faith needs to break through the enemy of disappointment. The second one is where unbelief lives. Unbelief lives here. I just don't think God can do it. I mean, he's done it for Jason. He's done it for Susan. He, he, he's done it for Brad and Andrea. Brandria, that's what I'm calling you guys. They've done it for Brad. They've done it for these guys. He just hasn't done it for me. And I don't think he wants to, or he doesn't, he can't. And what happens is that our faith then tanks, and our hope stays far away. And the Bible teaches that, um, what was it again? Yes, there's this, I had it in the car this morning as I was driving there. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And you just don't believe God can anymore. But you know what? As we close, God's not done. He's not done with you. He's not done with Peter. He wasn't done with our story at, at our church. He's not done with me. You know, when I first uh, heard the call of God in my life, I was 18 or 17 years old and a, prophet, a prophetess came and she prophesied a great ministry over my life. And then I fluffed it up big time. I just actually walked away from God. <laughs> what a great hope, tank. And then, and then God started speaking to me again, come back to church. Oh no, don't you talk to me, God. I don't think I can. Be a life group leader, are you mad? The only reason I became a life group leader is because my wife became a life group leader and she's like, if you don't help me, I'm gonna kill you. I'm like, oh, I'm on there. And then for a leaders camp, almost 15, 16 years ago, the same lady came. And then she did this altar call and she said, um, listen, if you, if you believe that you wanna plant a church one day, come to the front. And I'm like, cool, that's not me. 
So I sat next to my wife and I'm, I'm battling on the inside saying, God, I'm, you can't use me. All those hopes and dreams that you put in my life, that great word, it's not for me. Look at all those amazing people going up there. And you know what? She found me in the crowd. And she began to prophesy into my life. And the whole time, I had two emotions. One, I'm like, I can't believe God's talking to me. <laughs> this is amazing. And the other one was, I don't believe it. But that day, I don't realize it, but that day hope was revived that God wasn't finished. God wasn't done. Our dream in our church is to plant churches throughout this city, throughout cities of the world. Do we see it yet? No. But my hope was revived back then and I wanna revive your hope today. God is not done with your story. It is not over. There is a new page. There is a new chapter. There is a new beginning. What has ended is not the end of your story. It wasn't the end for Abraham when he was a liar. It wasn't the end for Sarah when she was uh, caught up in unbelief and scoffed at the word of the Lord. It wasn't the end of Moses when he hit the Dead Sea. It wasn't the end of, um, of Isaiah when, he, when the angel was coming down from heaven. It wasn't the end of Peter in the boat. It wasn't the end of Jesus because there was a resurrection coming. It wasn't the end of Daniel when he was thrown into the lion's den. It wasn't the end of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were in the fiery furnace. It wasn't the end of David when he was chased around for 10 years in a wilderness experience. Wasn't the end for me. It's not the end for you. There is a new tomorrow. There is a new hope. His name is Jesus. He is raised from the dead. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants the best for you. He wants to bring you into a great inheritance in the Lord. And it's just, will you hope and have faith work with your hope? I believe there's way more churches to be planted in the nation of Zambia and the surrounding nations as well. I believe that God's got a great purpose for your life. Everything that He's put inside of you is not wasted, but it will be produced in due season if we keep believing. And this morning, maybe you're like, someone dragged me to church today. Well, I can't tell you, there was a plan for you to be here today. And this message is for you. The Lord wants to revive your hope. You've tried this Christian thing before and you just went back into your old life given up. This year has disappointed you too much and you feel like God's disappointed you too much. But there is a hope beyond this life that calls us home for eternal life. We don't live for the things of this world. We live for the reality of heaven. That today in this moment, God will forgive you of your sin and make you new and invite you into a personal relationship with himself. Everything that stopped you from getting close is out of the way because Jesus paid that price for you. If that's you today and you wanna put your faith in Jesus and say, I wanna follow him as my Lord and Savior, I would love to know just to pray with you today. Could you close your eyes? I, I don't know how you wanna do it here, but close your eyes, everybody. And for those of you who are Christians, would you pray? Just pray today, just pray right now. You don't have to pray loud there's someone here today that says, I wanna put my faith in Jesus. Lord, forgive me for my sins. I'm broken, I'm in unbelief, 
I'm in disappointment, but Lord, there's a spark of hope in my life that you would love me, that you would forgive me, that you would set me free, that you would change me and transform me and give me a home in heaven. I wanna pray for you. If that's you today, would you raise your hand real high? Praise God, praise God. Is there anybody on this side, on the right-hand side? Just one more moment. Is there anybody else today? Awesome. I want to pray for you, but you know that right now in heaven, the Bible teaches that all of heaven has erupted with a loud praise at one person making a decision for Christ. There is a party in heaven praising over your life change today. So come on, let's pray all together. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. I'm so sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. I trust that you are my Savior and the Son of God. I want to turn away from my life and turn to you. And help me now to follow you as a Christian all the days of my life and come live in my heart. Um, I honestly believe that there are people here today that God is trying to speak to through this message. Um, something that Swain won't say for himself, but I'll tell you because of kind of being a bit of a spectator in his journey, that, that what, what I've loved about Swain's journey from his early 20s is that what he's described here, there's also, there's also been a willingness to do everything that he can in the natural. So I've seen Swain sacrifice, uh, in his case, leave his job, sell his car, uh, come and volunteer at the church full-time for free. Um, I, don't, I, I forget how many years Swain actually worked for the church before his salary got back up to what it was when he left it. And I think that God has also um, seen that heart and that consistency. And so, so I, I wanna just encourage you that, that, that there's also a, a part that we have in this process. And I think when we're willing to do what we can and trust God to do what only He can, um, I, think, I think you'll be amazed. And I can tell you now, Swain would look back and say, wow, God, what an adventure. There've been challenges, there've been dips, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, but what else would you wanna do with your life than, than walk in the purposes of God? What, whatever that is. And by the way, for 99% of people, for 99% of Christians, that's not gonna be in the church context. That's not gonna be in the, in the Sunday context. So that, that's just an example. But, but why wouldn't we wanna serve His purposes in our family, at our place of work or where we're studying or the, the relationships that we have? So Sven, honestly, I believe that that was an encouraging, appropriate timely message thank you very very much and uh we're going to dismiss you in a moment please please sign up for the carol services early um i don't want you to miss out i think it's going to be an incredible sunday next week morning and evening um i'm, I'm very encouraged by by something that i think god wants me to share and i know that our worship team are going to do an incredible job please also go to the christmas tree in the legacy corner to go and buy some baubles for salt for next year and please chat to Brad and Andrew who will be at the info table, Susan, um, straight after the service in case you wanna ask any questions or find out how you can partner with them. God bless you. Have a great Sunday, a wonderful week. We'll see you next weekend.